just letting the now familiar bell, although the sound has seemingly disappeared, allowing it to move through your body. Long, slow, inaudible waves just moving slowly through the body. Causing your sensation of the body to to seem to fall downward effortlessly drifting downward the way that little ripples move slowly towards the shore watching these now invisible sound waves turned into muscular material energy pull your body downward gently erasing all the tension and tightness draining to the surface that you sit or recline upon further dropping into the earth, the strong, regenerative earth that can make even the most imbalanced or dense energies into something new and light, something that can evaporate into the air and bless us again. Following this cleansing and washing of our stress, we very mindfully take an inhale, drawing in the recycled and blessed air, which then turns to breath the moment we bring it into the body. Life-giving breath, bringing food to the blood and energy to the rest of the body. And as that completes its circuit through the body, feeling the slow, gentle, respectful exhale. Again, feeling that drift downwards, that relaxation, the ending of fighting gravity for the day, supported and relaxed. Naturally following 
the rhythm of the breath, the pumping of the heart. When you become still in the tension, control over the body and its muscles, when that surrender and stillness comes, you can actually perceive the movement of life through your body. whether it's the breath inflating the top of the lungs, maybe even inflating the rib cage and the diaphragm, feeling the exhale contract the body and push out the air. deeper and more still you become, you likely can feel how your heartbeat shakes your rib cage and gives you a very personal, irreplaceable and singular rhythm for your body to vibrate. and sit with. So when the sound of that opening bell seems to fall apart, disappear and grow silent, when we settle into this meditation space, we see and feel very clearly that it hasn't gone away or simply vanished, but is now felt as the beating of the heart and the movement of the breath. And now sitting calmly while our body automatically hums and cares for itself, continuing this life, leaving us to have no one to be and nothing to do, allowing us to simply observe and witness Reflections on step seven. Step seven reads, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings.
Kanazaye insists that each member come to believe a higher power of their understanding. The word him in this step to refer to a higher power is it's not an instruction to have a higher power that fits with this pronoun. So if that's tripping you up, feel free to use whatever pronoun is appropriate for your higher power or a non-gendered pronoun like them. Humbly ask them to remove our shortcomings. Step seven may appear redundant after step six. But a short, quiet, vigilant look reveals drastic differences in the substance. Many times in the 12 and 12, the text emphasizes that that step seven is about humility. Step six, as we remember, focused on willingness as a spiritual principle. So we settle down, remembering the calm that has come over our bodies, the slow, soft ripples of energy from the bell and the rhythm, the natural rhythm of your body, sweeping your body free of any tension and sitting in this calm can very easily observe the difference between step six and seven without even needing to have an opinion. The 12 and 12 states, indeed, the attainment of greater humility is the foundation principle of each of AA's 12 steps. When we saw clearly our character defects in step six and began the process of becoming willing for a higher power to remove them, if in the will of that higher power, we saw that Fundamentally, it was fear and desire which drove our character defects. So in step seven, 
The text says, in all of these strivings to get what we need and keep what we want, so many of them well-intentioned, our crippling handicap had been our lack of humility. Twelve and twelve goes on to talk about the greed that goes into accumulating possessions or the emotional devotion of others. But for today's meditation, it's worth looking at the difference between the hu- the willingness of the sixth step and the humility of the seventh step. Developing willingness, as suggested in step six, is primarily a mental state. We might relate a felt sense of openness or sense of emotional freedom to willingness. But ultimately it's a, a mental process that we can become, that we can move closer to and finally decide that it's time to completely let go of our character defects. Step seven is, it's really what drives the program. Because humility is a felt experience. Humility finds its home in the heart. Humility is a a spiritual posture like this relaxed physical posture and openness that allows vigilance that we find in meditation. Humility is a Similarly, spiritual posture. It's a felt experience and could be a spiritual experience. The more we practice step seven, the 12 and 12 promises that we begin to fear pain less and desire humility more than ever.
why is it that we begin to fear pain less and desire humility more than ever? Step seven reminds us, as mentioned earlier, that the chief activator of our defects has been self-centered fear. Primarily fear that we would lose something we already possessed or would fail to get something we demanded. So it's that self-centered fear that we would lose something or fail to get something and that desire for the future that we should hold on to a thing we have or a desire to acquire what we think we need and want. And again, we see in this context, fear and desire are thought processes just like willingness. We may feel fear in our body and as an emotion. We may experience desire in our bodies and hearts. But as the chief activator of self-centered character defects, self-centered fear and character defects, fear and desire are strategies of the mind to soothe the emotions. And the spiritual maladjustment that here can be called lack of humility. Our thinking might tell us I need to hold on to this person and their emotional attention or support. I need to hold on to this job because what would I do about all my bills if I were to be fired? Or I need to find a partner, a partner that can be relied upon always and forever so that I can feel secure emotionally and I can quell that fear of the world, my future and my place in it. In all of these examples, the initial experience might be an emotional one. The fear might feel emotional, but The character defect is commanded and carried out by the mind. So in the end, this fear and desire are the maladjusted thoughts of a maladjusted spirit. And 
And it's worthwhile noting that as thought processes, fear and desire are always placed in the past or the future. The desire to get something back from the past, the desire to have something in the future, the fear that you never will get something from the past or the fear that the future won't provide, your higher power won't provide in the future. Whereas humility as a felt experience exists in the present moment. There is no meaning in substance, in planning to become humble. We can plan to become willing because of its cognitive aspect, but we can't plan to become humble. It is here in the present moment. It is a spiritual gift So here's the difference that we've observed between step six and seven. And we'll see the same process and the same division between thought process and felt experience in steps eight and steps nine. So in sitting in meditation and practicing an awareness of the felt present moment, we begin to take on a different perspective of what this present moment offers and what we need to feel secure with this growing reliance on a higher power. If you feel yourself in a place of silence and stillness, it's worth asking, what do I need right now? What can I not lose right now? If I have no one to be and nothing to do, And I'm simply sitting in silence for that conscious contact. 